Hello, hello, fearless listeners. Are you ready for another episode of Let Fear Bounce? It's the podcast that's all about conquering challenges and facing our fears. I'm your host, Kim Langling, and each week we'll dive into inspiring stories, expert insights, and practical tips to help you turn your fear into your greatest ally. So sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee, and let's discover how to make fear our bouncing board towards a life filled with endless possibilities right here on Let Fear Bounce. Have you asked yourself who's going to take care of your pet should something happen to you? Well, I've got an answer for you. The Do-It-Yourself Pet Estate Will Kit that gives you peace of mind that your family pet will be cared for when you are no longer physically able to care for them. With easy step-by-step instructions that guide you through the task of completing forms necessary to add your furry loved one to your existing will. Visit KimLanglingAuthor.com to find out more. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so excited to have you listening in today to myself and my special guest today, KT Engelhart. She is an award-winning author from Montreal with a multilingual prowess in English, (laughs) French, Italian, and Spanglish. She is a dedicated academic. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism a graduate certificate in script writing, and a master of fine arts in creative writing. Now, she is inspired by the wizarding world, the land of Narnia, and parallel planes. And she penned the wise one, inviting readers to connect with nature and its ever-present magic. Okay, now those are the words that grab Mm -hmm. my attention. Nature and its ever-present magic. Because I am all about being out in the magical realm where I live, because I am the queen of it, of course. But anyway, her exploration of the landscapes and folklore of Ireland and Scotland greatly influenced her debut young adult urban fantasy, marking the inception of the Scottish Scroll series. How exciting. Welcome, welcome to Let Fear Bounce, Katrina. I have been so looking forward to this conversation. Oh, I have too. Thank you. Wow. You read very well. Like you made that all sound so much better. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the inflection, dear heart. Your tone inflection. (laughs) Well, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. As I said, I was excited about getting ready to talk to you. We talked off mic prior to hitting that record button. And I had, I had told her, everybody out there listening, I had told Katrina, I said, okay, that one line, that one mm-hmm. line with nature and its ever-present magic just grabbed a hold of my soul and said, oh my goodness, she just might be a soul sister. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> All right. So first off, I want to dive right into your books because you've got several books out there. Also, you've got another one coming in November and we're going to get to all of that. But how did this whole thing start? You're inspired by um, folklore of Ireland and Scotland, which I, I've read as long as I can remember. And I'm, just, oh. I'm enthralled by it, just absolutely enthralled go. by it. Um, and believe, you know, there, there is all kinds of energies and stuff yes. that, are, that have stuck around for whatever reason. And I'm, 
Ireland just seems to be one of those places like I want to go there and immerse myself into the folklore and the pubs and all of that. And one of these days, that's on my bucket list. One of these days I will, but share how, how that, how a lot of that became such a passion for you. And then you said, you know what, by golly, I got to write some books. (laughs) Well, you said that very well. And I'm glad you, you described it perfectly. Like there is a hanging energy there. That's like, it pulls you in in such a weird and mystical way. So how did it start? Um, if I really think back, I would probably, I would say it's my my grade seven English teacher. He was an Irish, uh, Irish Canadian, uh, but very, very Irish still. Like he had it in him. He had that, like the twist to his accent and he had such great stories from Ireland. Uh, and I think since grade seven, I was interested in Ireland, like the folklore, uh, the landscape, the the way he spoke made me want to meet more Irish people. And like, they're just, they're such lovely people. I did go and uh, I was not, so not only did the environment completely enthrall me, the, the people were just, were just, they're just beautiful people. Like, I don't know. Can I say that? Can I generalize like that? I'd like to, because I just loved everyone. You, I met you can there. say whatever you want, dear heart. <laughs> So yeah, I knew I always wanted to go from a young age. I'm like, I got to go to Ireland. I was interested in in uh, learning more about it, learning more about the folklore. I was always also uh, really into magic. Like I was, uh, you know, watching Charm from a young age and like in my room, like pretending I could do spells and stuff. I, I was like very, very uh, into the idea that there was magic all around us. Um, and then I started reading more about uh, about just nature, uh, nature magic. So more about like Scott Cunningham style, like very much like whatever you find out there, there's an energy. And I think it's as simple as that. So kind of tying that in with my trip to Ireland. So I did go, I went to Ireland and Scotland for my honeymoon and uh, just learning about the folklore and the stories and like tying it in with stuff I've read about the magic we find in nature, it just kind of like the wheels in my head, the wheels in my head are turning. And I had a, I had a story. It was sort of, I think that's what it was. And um, my husband was encouraging too. He said, you know, write what you love. You love, you love learning about magic and witches and, and uh, magic that we can access through nature. And this is someone who is completely atheist, (laughs) but he loved that I wasn't. And it just, yeah, he's like, just write about what you love. And I did. That is so awesome. And I, I, I like how that journey came about for you. And it's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of fun to look back and see, you know, with hindsight now, you know, you've got yeah. years behind you and you can look back and go, oh, oh, now I see, you know, yes. now when you were in Ireland and Scotland and how awesome that that was your honeymoon trip, you know, know. how awesome is that? But yeah. I was actually in Ireland once, and it's simply because I was coming home from Germany, and one of our engines, we lost an engine on the plane, and we had to turn around and take an emergency landing in Shannon, Ireland, because that was the closest place. We were stranded there for a day and a half, and they got us in this great hotel out in this just beautiful hilly, rolling hills. And then way off in the distance, you could see like the remnants of a castle, but 
we were stuck in our hotel. We couldn't go or do anything. We had to stay there waiting on them to fix the plane. So I can actually say I've been to Ireland, but I didn't get to experience it the way I wanted to. <laughs> you soaked up some of those energies though. That's right. That is right. By golly. So when you were there and you said that that, that inspired some of the writing and your books that were to come, uh, what is it most about that atmosphere that you felt or saw or experienced? And you had said that, you know, you had this, you had a story and it was just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. twirling around in your head, but was there anything specific that came, you know, like, were you on a walk and you smelled something or heard something, or were you visiting a castle or something that just sparked you and you went, Oh, and then it started. Oof. A specific moment that that's hard to say because the story was already uh, a concept before I went. Oh, so- okay. It was already percolating percolating uh it was uh it was outlined uh very very roughly because I'm a bit of a you know like I I kind of don't fully outline something when I get in there things change (laughs) but uh I visited many many places in Ireland and Scotland and those are the places that I depicted in my books so in that sense everywhere I went was like oh well this this is a stop that we're making and oh the story behind this this um this area uh could be connected to like it, it just connected so many dots it's it was like a jigsaw puzzle map <laughs> right no I know I can picture exactly what you're talking about <laughs> well thank you because I don't I'm not sure <laughs> I can I can picture exactly what you're talking about so all of the the story that you had that was you know kind of already you already had it partially outlined and stuff and taking that trip just kind of solidified more yes. of it what is that story? What is that book? And has it been published? <laughs> yeah, so I have my first book is The Wise One. It is the first of the Scottish Scroll series. The second book is coming out this November. So the first uh, book is uh, only in Ireland. Uh, so it's about a 17 year old named McKenna who's from uh, a town outside of Boston, like very small town. Uh, she has two dads, takes place in the 90s. So that's not something that is common or very well accepted. Uh, and she uh, she always felt a weird outcast, uh, doesn't fit in, not only because of her upbringing in this very small minded kind of uh, time, but uh, just because of herself not feeling like she belonged and like she was like others, like other people. So uh, she discovers on the night of her 17th birthday, she has a nightmare of being burned at the stake. And she goes from there. She she discovers she has these kind of latent abilities. Uh, and she finds out that she indeed has a kind of mystical birth mother and she goes out to find her. And the journey is, is that in the first book, she goes out to Ireland, she in search of her birth mother, in search of answers. She meets people along the way, a dashing young Irish man, although it's not, it's not like a big love. Don't expect it's not a steamy book, but, but there's a little something there and, uh, and a very best friend who is adorable and lovable and many people's favorite character. <laughs> How fun. How fun. Okay. Now I have to get a copy of the book. I didn't get a chance to get a copy and read it before I had you on, but I will definitely be doing that. Have <laughs> you, have you ever read anything by Trisha O'Malley? Oh, that sounds very familiar. She has a whole lot of different series, all kind of along the same vein. Okay. I've read every single one of her books. That's oh. why as you're talking, I'm going, Oh, she sounds like a Trisha. Oh, I got to look into it. Oh, definitely. She's got, she's got, uh, she actually lives in Scotland, I believe. Or no, she lives in some Caribbean island, but her, her husband is from Scotland. Oh, 
And so a lot of her stuff takes place there. All the mystical stuff. Yeah. Because it's oh, it's very thing. cool. You yeah, definitely have to check her out. Well, you know, hey, shout out to Trisha O'Malley if you ever listen to my podcast. I'm sure I've read from, I'm sure I've read from her. It's very possible. I I dove into so many, but mostly nonfiction because I did a lot of research. So oh sure yeah, yeah and I bet that was fun. How was that? How do you research something for the books that you write? I know I know a lot of folks. For me, when I think ah uh, research, but. <laughs> Yeah, truly, that's how I feel. But if it's something that I'm like super excited about, yes. I'll be like, you know what? I'm actually physically going to go to the library and mm-hmm. check out a whole bunch of books and bring them all home by the armloads and be super excited about it to have them all spread over my dining room table with sticky oh, notes. There's this Hermione vibe that happens. Yeah. When I dive into research, it's like, I want to nerd out completely. So I do. Yeah. I, I look into books. I do like physical books and I have stickies, colorful stickies that indicate a different category for the thing <laughs> that I'm searching for. <laughs> um, I'm insane. And um, well, I'm right there with you because <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> so I did. I have a lot of history and folklore books because I do combine the bo- both and um because it takes place in the 90s, there's a lot of internet forum stuff I, do, I researched. Like I, I found a forum uh, that was talking about uh, some shops, like they were reminiscing about the shops in the 90s of a town, Kilkenny, which is featured in my book. And one of them was uh, talking about a funny storefront everyone found so hilarious. It was like a bunch of stuffed animals that had nothing to do with the merchandise, something like that. And I thought it was so quirky and cute. And and because it's it it's true, I included it. So it's like a lot of that kind of research as well. Try to include nuggets of of um, actual little details from the era and from the place. So in part of your research, do you research like, you know, I'm assuming the folklore and the legends? Yeah. And I don't know, did you talk to actual people from those areas about, you know, their experiences or, you know, how they grew up? what they heard as they did. Uh, absolutely absolutely I had a so I had a lot of tour guides uh and I actually kept in touch with a couple because I had follow-up questions and they, they're locals so a lot of the stories I heard they're slightly different than the ones you'll find online and it's because I heard them from a local so there's that uh it was important to me to, to speak with them so I I'm I feel really lucky like I was there while I was researching and writing at the same time and gathering information and mulling and so it's just like a great time to be there and I actually went back to Scotland uh was that last year I think 20 what year away 2022 I was back in Scotland um and that was research for book three but anyway I won't get how there. awesome how and I I agree I would think you know should I do that I would definitely want to I would want to talk to the locals um, uh, because, because you're getting a whole nother vibe from it than what you could just research online because online you can find all kinds of stuff but that doesn't necessarily mean it's 100% true. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's a dialect that uh, that's from one of the towns that I, I feature. And like one of the characters is from there. Not in the first book. You'll l- learn more about that in the second book. But it's funny because she so I, I actually loved that there was like this dialect no one knew about from uh, like that my tour guide was talking about. And I included it because I'm like, that's so something that maybe only people from Scotland would really know. And I just love that idea of okay I'm trying to I'm really trying to stay true to I'm not Scottish unfortunately I'm not Irish either but the fascination is there and I mean I wouldn't claim it as my culture definitely not but I really tried hard to research and do it justice 
How fun though. How fun. I actually, I, I have Scotch Irish in me. I'm Polish and Scotch Irish. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So that's why Ireland and Scotland is on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be from the way you're speaking and the passions you have about nature. It is. Oh, like I just want to go there and sit in the woods. <laughs> you will. There's woods there. There's quite a bit of woods. I wanna, I'm going to wait for a wood sprite or a leprechaun to come and sit beside me. <laughs> you know, yes. And they will. There it's what it is. It's, it's the mountains. It's the mountainscape. I cannot, I have a thing for mountains that I didn't know I had a thing for mountains until I was there and the locks. And it's just, there's so many locks across, uh, across Scotland, especially. And I learned that that happened during the ice age, like after the ice age. So because it's such a hilly and crevicey kind of landscape, when all the ice melted, it filled, it filled these places and, and the locks were formed, you know? So it's just, there's so many pools everywhere and it's just part of the mysticism. Yes. Mysticism. And what a perfect word. I love good. that word. So what's next? So you've got this three book series. Second one is coming out in November. The third one I'm starting to work on. So is this, do you foresee this, the third book being the final of the series or oh. do you think it's going to keep going? I wish I could tell you, you know, I want to, because it's like, it's exhausting. It's, it's the part that people don't, don't want to admit maybe authors don't want to admit it is it is physically mentally taxing and, and draining. <laughs> mostly because you're you're always going back to your previous books and making sure everything is aligned and you're not forgetting you're not leaving any plot holes it's so important to me to be consistent I'm the first to call something out if something's not consistent and I'm like I don't want to be that person who misses like who, who overlooks something I thought there would be three there may but be more. You 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 don't know because you might have characters just start creeping in. I am afraid there will be. Yeah, and they're going to be whispering. They're going to be whispering to you, and you're going to be like, "Ah, oh, really?" Honestly, that's what happened in the epilogue of the first. It was uh, it was quite sudden, and I said, "Oh crap! Okay, he's going to have to be developed in the second. And then as the second one's coming, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing the whispers of the, the ones that will be coming into the third. And I'm like, okay, here we go. How far? Yeah, strap yourself in, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> so have you always wanted to write this type, you know, this this type of this genre? hundred percent. I think like I read Harry Potter when I was a kid and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to do something as equally amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Say it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> there is a statement that won't backfire. <laughs> you know, I, I, I joke around stuff is I'll say stuff and you know, my friends or family members will be like, is that true? And I'll be like, no, but I said it with enough confidence that made you believe it, didn't I? And so that's kind of my thing. Say it with confidence. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and you know what? Everything you do say is so, is, is like said very brightly. So I can, I can see that, that, that confidence like radiating <laughs> and the, the energy from everywhere just being like, Hey, it's mine. This is that's what's right. Happening. That's right. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. You were talking about your character development. How is it that you do that? How do who how does it come to you? Oh my. Hmm. I don't know how to answer that. So the character development. They I'm I'm really okay. So another thing I criticize when I read or watch anything. It's uh unrealistic dialogue. It's um 
it's uh, things that would happen between people that I don't think has been warranted or worked up enough or thing. I'm very pacing for me. Number one, pacing, very important to me, makes or breaks something. The story could be great. The characters could be great. If the pacing is ruined, it's not good. <laughs> so I try really hard to develop it in a way that seems natural between people that something would like if the relationship is kind of sort of blossoming and it, of course it's a little faster between teenagers because they're teenagers and they're more impulsive and they're more they more they respond more to their uh intuition and that kind of thing so i think it's more just um listening to to the flow of the story like does that make sense it's like listening to yourself it's like oh did that happen too fast does that even make sense would that would that be this quick would they reconcile already would they be fighting right now because they've been together for a month like it's just no I understand that yeah, yeah. I do I get it and I it agree I agree with the pacing I you know I've read books where you're thinking you know wow this is this is kind of cool but yeah you know if, if they would have just done just tweaked it just this much that book instead of being good would have been awesome yeah, and I'm sure. Hey, I'm sure everyone has their opinion. People could read mine, and it, you know what? I've 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 gotten reviews where they say, "Oh, their friendship is a bit too quick and easy." But hey, there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? But like, whatever. Like, it's just it has to feel right for for the writer, and they have to have a reason for it if it does feel quick and easy, or if it's feeling a bit too drawn out. Maybe the writer has an intention for that. Right. We'll see, like, right. And you know, your book is your books are not for everyone. Just like my books aren't for everyone. There's, there are very specific people that are meant to read your books and they will find your books when they are supposed to. (laughs) That is so strong a statement and lovely. And I am trying to, I'm still trying to understand and convince myself of that I'm a new author. So of course, you know, the great reviews feel amazing. And then the ones that are like, oh, I didn't quite get this, couldn't finish it. It, it's like, oh shit, like that's, can I say shit on your podcast? No, you just did twice. So keep <laughs> on going, sister. Sorry, <laughs> I don't even notice. Oh, terrible. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's still kind of like, oh, what did I do wrong there? But then it's like, wait, that is not the person who's supposed to read my book. Right, exactly. And I, I tell my, and we, we write in different, I write nonfiction. Um, so most of my stuff is true, but that doesn't mean people are going to like it. Exactly. Because a lot of it might hit too close to home. You know, I've gotten wonderful comments and I've gotten some comments that are kind of iffy. And I sit there and be like, all right, Kim, thicken that skin up because that person is just not the right person to read this story. There's someone sitting out there actually waiting to read your story. Exactly. They're sitting out there waiting and your book is going to land in their hands in front of their face (laughs) exactly when it's supposed to. Oh. That's lovely. And so that's what I just keep telling myself because I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. So I got to call you like once a week (laughs) just to like, hey, can you give me a pep talk? (laughs) The affirmation call. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, that's something. I'm I'm all for it because by golly, I need it too some days. I definitely need it too some days. I have those days where it's like, you know, I probably should spend at least an hour, at least an hour working on this one book. I've got three books in the works. Oh, wow. One's got my heart more, but that's the one I work on the least. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of strange. One is done. I just have to get it edited. So it's like, you know, 
I don't know. I get, and I'm like, Kim, just, just work on it for, on, for an hour, sit down and write for an hour. But then I have those days. It's like, I have nothing. No one's talking to me. And I mean, by no one, I mean, in my head. <laughs> I, I completely get it. And it, it, it is something we have to learn uh, to like, just like the discipline, the self-discipline is, is everything. I always tell people, so they're like, oh, you know, how do I become a good writer? My advice literally is just like the be disciplined. You have a story, just be disciplined. Don't worry if you, your sentence doesn't sound good. You know, in, in the right. film industry, they say, well, fix it in post. <laughs> yeah, no, just get it out. Get it. Get sit. it out. That's why I say, you know, I'm, I, my ideas always come to me when I'm outside and I'm outside a lot. I'm outside wow. a lot. Cause that's where I breathe. And, yeah. um, that's where my ideas come to me. And so a lot of times I'll have to rush back to the house and get to my computer and start typing stuff out or, yeah. I verbally say it in my phone just because I have to get it out. <laughs> and yes. even if I don't get it typed out and into story form, I got it out and it's hanging there just waiting for when it's supposed to come, you know, when the light is supposed to shine on it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. I've sent myself voice notes, but I'm more of a, I'm more of a sticky notes person. It's either like on my computer or on my phone, like just like the, the little folder of random, Hey, wait, right. this could in book three. Oh wait, genius! I have a, I have a, I have a thing called um, a category of notes called genius ideas. <laughs> Just put in minor, put in. minor called brilliant thoughts. Oh, look at us! Look at us! <laughs> I have notebooks. I, I like physical notebooks. Okay, yeah. I literally have a no physical notebook in every room in my house. I have one in my purse. I have one in my car. So wherever I'm at, I have these notebooks, and I'll be like, oh, brilliant thought. And I write it down. And then later I'll be like, which book did I put that brilliant thought in? <laughs> oh which, yeah. Which notebook? But I, I have, I'm big on notebooks and I have them in all different colors. And when I see them on sale for like a quarter, you know, like at school time, I'll be like, give me seven, you know? <laughs> Splurge. <laughs> yeah. Give me seven of those. And, and I do. I love notebooks. I love pretty kind. I love the plain kind, but I always, yeah, I call them my brilliant thoughts. <laughs> the pretty ones are often too pretty to write in. That's where my weakness is. It's like, I know oh. I do. I have a couple like that, that are so pristine and they nothing. I just pull them every once in a while and go, Oh, you're so pretty. You're oh, pretty yeah. nice. And then I put it away. <laughs> it's it's like a leather bound. I found a leather bound one in, in this bin. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful blue leather bound notebook. And I got it for $5. I oh, think, stop. I oh. think it was a mistake to be in the bin that it was in. Oh yeah. Those are expensive. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. And I went, and so, everyone, and I have not written in that one yet. <laughs> I'm a sucker and I try not to buy leather. Cause like, I really try not to buy leather, but God damn those leather bound books. They're so pretty. So beautiful. I know you just kind of hug them to your chest and go, oh, you're so pretty. I'll probably never write in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I have one with a beautiful triquatra symbol that my one of my best friends gave me. And I'm like, I promise I'm going to write all the, the good ideas in here. And guess what? <laughs> it's still pristine. Oh, heck yeah. 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 That's where mine, it sits in the drawer. Actually, you know, a couple feet away from me, it sits in this drawer and every once in a while I'll pull it out. Go, oh, you are Get so up. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it back away. <laughs> we are very similar. They're similar. Wow. I don't know what I do. Or similar, said. whatever you want. Similar. <laughs> so what is next? What is next for you? I know you've got your your you've got your second book coming in November of 2023, which is very shortly. 
that's exciting. You're working on your third. What's what's after that? Do you see <laughs> anything coming after that that's different? That's different from this series. Oh yeah, I do. I've I've got uh, I have a, a more of a magical realism, so like a bit more grounded in reality than this one's more urban fantasy. I do have an idea um, that I it just keeps I keep hearing the character. She's she's a very fun character, and uh, it's kind of like a Gilmore Girls meets Downton Abbey kind of vibe. I don't know what it just it's a like quirky, funny, easy. It would be a standalone. And I have nonfiction books that I have in mind. I would love to dive into nonfiction. So I will probably send you an email for some advice when that time comes around. But well, hey, maybe. cool. Yeah. Don't know how much help I would be, but I've always got something to say about something. So. Oh, you're, yeah. You're, <laughs> I have a feeling you're very helpful because just your insight and your, your, what springs to mind is, is brilliant. So very well, well, um, uh, well thought out your name of your brilliant thoughts notebook because <laughs> I do think what comes out of you is brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> but sometimes you have to say it with an English accent brilliant so, so I'm just bloody brilliant bloody brilliant <laughs> so what is something that just completely inspires you that's outside of the characters that are in your head. What's mm -hmm. something that inspires you? For me, it's being out in the woods, walking my dog. I always find inspiration out in nature. So what not, inspires you the most? Yeah, not, not, so not to, not to copy you. That is one of the things I have a little dog. She's right here next to me, licking my pillow incessantly. She's a, she's a licker. <laughs> um, and that is when it's when you're not looking where you're not staring at your screen. Uh, I think you stare at your screen when you when you sort of like you sit down and write when it's laid out more like for me anyway the flow comes but when it's like that in between state it's when I'm outside walking her thinking of nothing that something something comes to me um, but also when I watch uh, when I watch television something will uh, so I, I I'm a binger like uh, I get into shows. And I get like, because I'm not thinking of writing or not thinking of my book, I'm watching something else, something that will happen. It could be the smallest thing that has nothing to do with the storyline. Often, oh, hey, and I'll actually pause and I'll just say, wait a minute. And that'll, that'll just, uh, will just come to mind and I'll write it down. And, um, and also, uh, when I watch my YouTube video, I watch like my horoscope at night or something like on YouTube. <laughs> And they're so inspiring and I need inspirational messages. I'm, I get very, so um, I get very, uh, I have negative thought patterns, like a lot that I, I have to deal with and uh, I need in, like nuggets of inspiration. I do. It's like, it helps me. It helps me just like look at things differently. And that helps a lot, a lot. Just I can, see, yeah, I can see how, how it is. Uh, I, I've written a book called <laughs> Nuggets of Hope. Well, there you go. That's something I'm ordering immediately after this call. It's not published yet. That's oh, one of my come ones. On. That, Hurry that's up. One of the ones that's not published. Now oh. I and it's so funny because you you've you've used the word nuggets a couple times. Oh, it's talking. an important thing. And I use nugget all the time, but I'm always saying nugget of hope. But so yeah, you never you never know. And you keep dropping those saying, you know, you, you need nugget, you have nuggets of this and nuggets of that um affirmation nuggets and everything like that hey you know what dear heart you want to email me or call me i will drop you a nugget of hope anytime you want one oh. seriously we need it more of you you know it doesn't it doesn't cost a dime to be kind <laughs> that is really nice can you is that on a t-shirt yet no but it probably should be 
That's very uh, either that or a coffee mug. I'm all about coffee. What about you? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I try with tea, uh, but I it's just not. Satisfying. I tried tea, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not a tea kind of gal. No, I'll make some chai. Like I learned how to make it when I was in India, and I'm like, okay, I can make some chai, but it takes really long <laughs> to make I it. I tried. Well. I tried chai tea just recently, um, and it made me gag. I physically gagged. Oh, who made it for you? It was, it was from uh, my sister. It was from Starbucks. No, 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 no. And my sister had it and she goes, you've got to try this. And I, I'd never tried it. And it literally, I literally gagged and I said, no. oh my gosh. That's not what chai tastes like. Eliminate that from your memory. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Eliminate that from my memory. Uh, yeah. I'm not a tea person. I've always, I, I, I like coffee. I didn't. You think it's a writer thing to love coffee? Or to need coffee? <laughs> I uh, yeah, it's not that I love it; I need it. Um, <laughs> and I've become a bit of a coffee snob. Yes, yeah. I mean, you hear me already with the Starbucks. Is I'm not a fan. Honestly, not a fan. I know it's everywhere. I think their coffee, like their actual, like filtered coffee, is horrendous. And I'm sorry. Do they sponsor you or anything? Oh so gosh, <laughs> no, no. It's just, and I don't. That's not something I regularly frequent. But every once in a while, probably two times a year. I oh yeah. Them. Well, when the peppermint mocha comes out, it's a different story. Then I'm all I white girl out there. I'm like, I'll have it half sweet, no whip. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like Tim Hortons coffee. Well, Do you Tim Hortons? We it is Canadian. Oh, I was gonna say, wait a minute, it's Canadian. Yeah. Of course you have it. Born here, and yes, and uh okay, so I mean I I don't I don't like it very much either. I shouldn't say that as a Canadian. I like it, their ice caps. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's their, that's what I, I don't but I don't go to those places to get the coffee, really. I get like the frou-frou stuff as a treat. Hundred percent I'm with you. Yeah, and I order the ice cap with milk rather than cream, just a little little uh tip oh no i do too i do too yes and and the french vanilla i do it half i do half coffee half french vanilla i for the mocha i do half the mocha there you go yeah so those are good (laughs) yes how about we've established which coffee what else what else you've got a dog what's the name of your dog oh god okay her name is nessie after the loch ness monster i was gonna say loch ness monster (laughs) Do you know that it's embarrassing to say in Scotland? Because like they've, we've been asked and they look at us like, oh, such tourists. Like they named their dog after like oh, Nessie. Yeah. It's like, oh, if ever I move there, I got to change your name. Well, because wasn't that whole story actually debunked? Mm-hmm. That uh, famous photo has proven a fake. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yes, funny. it has. But I mean, it doesn't mean anything. There's still hope. It's still a fun story. Yeah. And there was a recent like whole thing on the news. I don't know if you caught that of like just people hunting for Nessie. They all gathered uh, at Loch Ness and they're like, we're going to look for Nessie. It was the funniest thing. I'll be darned. No, I did not. I, you know, I don't watch TV very often. Oh, well, yeah, no, that's good. If I watch it, it's, you know, sometimes if I find something on Netflix or I watch YouTube, Yeah, yeah. I watch, you know, little half hour shows or Whatever I find interesting, whatever sparks my interest, I'll watch on YouTube, but I'm typically reading. I I read a lot. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good use of your time. 
<laughs> I've, I've, because I, I love uh, screenwriting, I've always wanted to be a screenwriter. And this book actually was first a script, um, it's a film script. Uh, no, not a film script. It was a uh, TV script. It was like episode one, whatever, you know, and uh, I've always been into TV. So I'm a big TV person. So have you done anything for television? No, I have not. Um, I didn't go down that route really because like I found it very slow. So I wanted, um, I wanted, I should say I lost patience. I wanted my uh, story out there. Uh, like you know what own. though? You could make your own because look what everybody's doing now. You can make your own darn TV show on your own little network. You can. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. You what can stream it in. You can stream your own thing anywhere. Hey, I will write my little story. I'll turn it into a cartoon and you can, you can like help me with the script and then we will turn it into a cartoon and get it streaming online. And, um, Hey, I like famous. the way, I like the way you think. I like the way you're saying it. I love everything about this conversation. <laughs> Cause I have so many, so many wood sprites that's got stuff to say oh. and they would be awesome little cartoon characters. Especially for our children's animated cartoon character because everything about it they are teaching about the environment yeah morals and there's always a moral to the story and you know kindness and patience and forgiveness oh. all of that stuff and it's it's the it's the animals and the wood sprites that are teaching the queen of the realm the human how to be a better human i love it i that is it's uh it's like already it already exists in my head like it makes perfect sense i know it's there it i tell this to some head. people and they're like you are wackadoodle i'm like no i'm no. not i've got a whole world going on in there i'm sure they just told george lucas he was a wackadoodle too that's right and jk rowling and uh <laughs> who wrote the lord of the rings J.R.R. token there we go there's another j name <laughs> There's a, then there's the George of the Martins there, the, 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 the what's it called? The one that everyone loves. Uh, Game know. of Thrones. Dr. Seuss. And Dr. Seuss. What a weirdo. Exactly. You know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Who wrote Even that? Weirder. Even weirder. Yeah. So, you know, but how awesome. How awesome. Exactly. You need it. C.S. Lewis, Narnia. Like, you there need we, yes. Yeah. I love those books yeah they're they're very offbeat which is why i, love I them. fell i fell right into them oh okay. fell right into those stories right into them amazing and then the harry potter ones my my daughter was little mm -hmm. and so she i bought them for her and so then i was like you know everybody's talking about it. what what's so great about this what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. so i started reading them and so when she would finish one <clears throat> she'd hand it off to me and i would read it so I was always a book behind her in that. This was me and my mother. Oh my God. That was, and I would get so mad when her bookmark would surpass my bookmark. I would physically like get angry and she would have to stop reading. Could you? No, I had to, I waited until she had finished the book. That's bookmark. kind. Very and nice. And it came to me <laughs> and I fell into those books too. And then when the movies came out, I was like, oh my goodness, her and I were just so excited. We could not wait for the next installment and to wait for the next book was just, oh, it was horrible to we, wait. We grew up with, so how are you with the series? Do you need the whole series to be out before you start reading? Or are you okay with just like getting in there and okay, if it takes a year? If I find something, especially in a book, I find a new author and I'll read it and I'll be like, oh, wow, this is going to be a series. I'll, I'll get that first book. And then 
highlight it or put, you know, star it, whatever bookmark it, however it is I do it in my Kindle. And then um, I'll set reminders, literally reminders in my phone telling me when the next book is due out. Oh yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for doing that for us newbies who are writing a series. And uh, that's where I find most of the people that I love reading is through um, like Kindle Unlimited. Yes. Because a lot of them are, are new authors or newer and it's just like their first book or something. And I have found some amazing, there are amazing authors. And I've got several, several uh, reminders in my phone right now for November, December, and January already for authors. There's their new books that are coming out. Cause it's either the second or the third book in oh, the series. It's people like you. Oh my God. So grateful for people like you. Yeah. So mine is on Kindle unlimited as well, because I find that's where it's getting reads. Like it's like, okay, the first one's free. I believe, I think so. I'm not good with the pricing, but I believe the first one is free right now on, on, on uh, there. Well, on Kindle unlimited, they're all free. Oh, they're all free. Then it might be well, free. No, technically kind of. Yeah, you can read them for free, but you're paying, you know, the monthly Kindle. Right, right, right. But so bad with these things. I don't have a Kindle. Could you believe it? I'm still with the physical books. So I have both. I have both. Um, And I can say that I I enjoy both. I enjoy my Kindle because I can have hundreds of books on. I know. I think I'm going to succumb to it. I think I think I have to get get out of this. Oh, I need paper thing. I think I I need to. Well, there's there's a lot of a lot of new authors are yeah. only publishing ebook. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, the digital form. So you can't get them in paperback. Like that Trisha O'Malley I mentioned earlier, all of her books, they're all digital. Oh. And she's got dozens of them. Okay. Um, so that's the only way you can read her books. And I read every single one. <laughs> okay. Well then, what's going on the Christmas list? Kindle. <laughs> All right. So is there anything else? I know let's, we're just having a, our own personal just little chat chatting. here on Let Fair Bow. So just chatting let's get, about Let's life. get back to the show, shall we? So um, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with? Like where they can find you, anything exciting that you're working on that maybe you're not even writing. It's not, has any, has nothing to do with writing. Anything you want to share with the listeners before we wrap this up? Yes, I'm trying to be better on social media. Uh, so please follow me <laughs> at KT underscore Englehart on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook too, KT Englehart, comma, author. Um, I do have a newsletter. So that's that's where I can get a bit more personal. So it's lots of fun. I connect much better with my readers there. So you can go to my website, katieenglehart.com. My newsletter is right, right at the top. You could just subscribe. And I don't flood your inbox. I'm I can get pretty lazy with the newsletters as well so it's either like a hey i've got all these wonderful details for you including some magical nuggets of wisdom um or it's like oh it's been three months i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) so uh i'm the same way i'm the same way with my newsletter i i i really have to get better at that I'm, I'm very bad when I'm writing. So right now it's like, literally it's, it's being proofread. So I'm going to get back, back into like my marketing game much better. But while I'm writing, I am terrible. I'm like a recluse. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> so I ask all of my guests before we say goodbye, I ask all of my guests to leave the listeners with a little nugget of hope that they can tuck away in their pocket and carry with them. So what would your nugget of hope for the listeners be today? Oh, well, in keeping with the name of your podcast, 
um, and I've learned this fairly recently. So fear, if you're fearing something, it's not, it's not an indication to stop what you're doing. It's just an indication that things are getting uncomfortable. But in order for us to kind of level up, things will be uncomfortable. So don't stop just because things are shifting and getting uncomfortable. Let that fear bounce, just surpass it. Because on the other side, there is actually that, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. I got it. What's next? So I would say just um, keep that in mind. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect nugget of hope. I love oh. it. Oh, thank you. Love it. Thank you so much for being my guest, Katrina. This has been you, so fun. So fun. So next year, early next year, sometime within the first quarter, I want to have you come back on. Oh, yeah. Because I want to talk about this new book that's coming out. And I want to hear more about the book that you're currently working on and anything else that's happening in your realm. So oh, and- make a make a mental note or pencil that in somewhere. Definitely want to have you again uh, early next year. But this has been truly truly a very pleasurable and fun conversation. So thanks so much for being my guest today. Oh, fun. Thank you for having me. And I'm sorry, but you're on my speed dial now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problem with that. No problem with that. All right, everybody out there listening. Thanks so much for tuning in once again to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langling. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. And that is a wrap, my fearless friends. Thanks for bouncing along with me on another episode of Let Fear Bounce. I hope you're feeling a bit motivated and ready to take on any challenge that might come your way in the coming days. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Let Fear Bounce. Tune in each week for your dose of inspiration from my amazing guests from all over the world. So until next time, keep bouncing forward and stay fearless, my friends. Everybody be well, stay well, and above all, be blessed. Thank you.